Poetry by Max Bodenheim, read for LibriVox.org by Richmond Na Tete. Morning lights anxiously pinch the cheeks of these poplar trees. The silver blood rushed to their faces and they blushed. The garden walls forgot their stolidity for a moment and seemed inclined to leap away, but became sober again, resisting the twinkling trickery of morning light. Airily suspended tales in light and color, of no importance to philosophers hung over the scene. Only a snail underneath the trees, steeped in a creeping evening, lived apart from the crisp medley of morning lights. Laboriously, the snail moved through his explanation of the universe, but to blades of grass, their life testily scented in green, the morning was a mysterious pressure. The morning glowed over the garden like an incoherent rhapsody. It lacked other in thought, and the serious eyes of teachers and jesters would have spurned it. But Halford's bowling, walking between rows of cold peonies, regarded the morning with harsh approval and spoke. You have the brightness and flatness of a distracted virgin, but your eyes are mildly opaque. The tinsel swiftness of a courtesan's memories is yours, but your heart is as shy as a clang of glass. You glow like an incoherent rhapsody over the peonies in this garden. A woman whose painted face was a lurid snail tapped bowling on the shoulder. Her red hair was brushed upward into a pinnacle of banished frenzy. Her blue serge dress cast its plaintive monotone over the body of a sagging Amazon. A pink straw hat dangled from her hand. Bowling allowed his admiration to bow. A babyish lips slipping from you would make your gruesomeness perfect, madam, he said. I don't get your friend, she responded. I'm a sporting lady from the roadhouse down the way, and I'm out for a morning walk. Who planted you here, old duck? I'm a cow browsing amidst the peonies, said Bolin seriously. Without a thought, I feed on light and color. You don't look like a cow, said the woman dubiously. Maybe you're spoofing me, you funny old turnip. No, I only jest with the morning. Bolin answered unperturbed. It ignores me with soaring colors, and I prefer this to the minute antagonisms of human beings. You don't understand the word I say. You bend beneath tepid apprehension, so I find a pleasure in speaking to you. It's like humming a love song to a mad turtle. Don't get insulting, said the woman with disgruntled amazement. I think you are crazy. Bolin turned, with a smile like a distant spark and walked away between the peonies. The woman regarded him a moment, while a fascinated frown battled with her painted face. Then she strode after him and gripped his arm. Hey, what you leaving me for? She said in a piteously strident voice. For the peonies in this garden, answered Bolin mildly. Listen, don't get mad at me, she said. I don't care whether you are crazy or not. I like your face. Bolin gazed at her while Sorrow loosened his face and made it glisten spaciously. Can you become as spontaneously tranquil as these peonies? he asked. The woman tended him her dazed frown like an anxious servant. Walk with me and be quiet unless I ask you to speak, said Bolin with sudden harshness. Obediently, she laid a hand on his arm, and they strolled down the path between the peonies. She sidled along like an inspired puppet. She seemed a doll touched to life by some Christ. Upon her painted face, a nun and a violinist grappled tentatively, and her lips made a red scarf falling from the struggle.
Bowling left the peonies and wandered down the road. They came upon a boulder clad in an outline of smashed spears. Queen Annie's lace grew close to its base, like the remnants of some revel. This is the head of a philosopher, said Bowling. The woman jerkingly turned her body, while pallid perplexity ate into her paint and made her face narrow. You can't speak, said Bowling. It looks like a rock, she answered in the voice of a child clinking his fetters. We have both spoken worse, said Bowling mildly. The shy blindness on her face glided to and fro like a prisoner. As she strode with Bolin, she still seemed a puppet dragged along the dust of a road by some Christ. Bolin's middle-aged face whistled with limpid chagrin to his youth. His high cheekbones were like hidden fists straining against his sallow skin. They came upon the dead rabbit stifling by the roadside. Bury him, said Bolin gravely. The woman clutched at her habitual self. Say, what's the idea? she asked in a shrilly lengthened voice. Bury him, repeated Bolin gravely. With a dazed giggle, she picked a dead branch from the ground and jabbed at the loose black loam. Then she gingerly prudered the dead rabbit with a branch, shoving it into the depression she had made. She scooped earth over it with her foot. Now we are both crazy, she said uncertainly and her nervous smile was the jagged wreck of her silver helmet. You have buried your meekness, said Bolin, calmly amused. Now walk beside me and do not speak, unless, being brave, you desire to leave me. The woman stood gaping at him, like a vision poignantly doubting the magician who was created. Sullenness made her lips straight for a moment, then faded into twitching away. She slid her arm into his and once more seemed a dull dragged along the dust of a road by some distracted giant. Bowling retraced his steps. He and the woman passed by the garden of cold peonies and came to a bend in the road. Late afternoon blundered sedately through shades of green foliage beneath them. Below the hilltop on which they stood, a barn-like house crouched, its tan cerements repelling the afternoon light. The woman tapped her chin with two fingers in a drumbeat of reality. Gotta get back to work, old dear, she said, amiably squinting at Bowling. Bowling's sallow face shook once and became chiseled apathy. So do I, he answered, his voice like the accidental ring of light metals. I'm the new waiter fully hired last week. You have been too busy to notice me much. For a full minute, the woman stood staring at him her hands upon her hips, her slightly bulging grey eyes like water drops threatening to roll down her shattered face. You are the guy they called Naughty Louie, she said at last, as though confiding a ludicrously message to herself. Then for another full minute she stood staring at him. We are Baghouse, she said in a mesmerized whisper. Baghouse. Bowling walked forward without a word. The woman gaped at him for a moment and then ran after him as she had in the garden of peonies. End of story. This recording is in the public domain.